0: Welcome to Fear-Free Childbirth Podcast with Alexia Leachman, the weekly nine-month podcast to help parents-to-be look forward to their fear-free childbirth. Alexia is a pregnancy and head trash clearance coach and the author of Fear-Free Childbirth, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy and a Positive Pain-Free Birth. As a mum who's had two fear-free and pain-free births, Alexia wants to share with you how she overcame her pregnancy and childbirth fears so that you can look forward to having a fear-free birth too. Over the nine-month life of this podcast, Alexia will be sharing some real-life stories from mums and dads, insights into the latest childbirth research, inspiring tales from birth professionals, and some tips and techniques for clearing your fears and stresses. If you would like to receive a free chapter from her book, then head over to fearfreechildbirth.com, where you can also sign up for her email series, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy. But now it's time for the show.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. This is me, your host, Alexia Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, here we are at episode 37. I can't quite believe it. We're nearly at the end of season one of the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast, so only a few more weeks to go. It's really, I I can't quite believe it. Anyway, on today's show, I'm gonna be sharing with you a positive birth story, but it's a positive birth story with a difference. Today, I'm gonna be sharing a story from Lisa, and Lisa is gonna be sharing how she turned her pregnancy around from being completely fearful and probably tocophobic, which is an extreme fear of childbirth. And she turned that around to have an amazing positive birth. But what makes this story different is that she used fearless birthing. Fearless birthing is the birth preparation approach that I've been developing over the last few years. And I used myself as a guinea pig uh, to come up with all the stuff that helped me to clear my own very, very deep-rooted fears. Now, when I was close to giving birth about, well, just over a year ago, uh, Lisa got in touch with me saying, you know, she just found out that she was pregnant and she was absolutely terrified. And she'd heard about the work that I was doing and asked if there was anything that I could possibly do to help. Now, given that I was sort of on the verge of giving birth and having a little newborn around I wasn't able to do a lot for her at the time but what I did have was some of the fearless birthing meditations that I'd created that to help other women that had been getting in touch with me since they'd found out that i had been doing this kind of work so I sent her one of my fearless birthing meditations and I must have sent her a couple I can't remember it was such a long time ago now and I had you know nappies and newborn stuff on my mind so it's all a bit vague but um it really, really helped her. And so today I'm going to be speaking to Lisa all about how her pregnancy went and how she had an amazing birth. Now I hadn't spoken to her at all since well, since giving her these meditations. So the chat that I have with her today is, is, is you know it's not planned, it's not it literally is me finding out exactly how she got on with it. So I'm pleased to say it went really, really well. And she did have an incredible birth. But what's really interesting that I think some of you will want to hear, or Lisa find interesting to hear is that she did try hypnobirthing. And for her, hypnobirthing didn't work. Now, this this mirrors my own experience with hypnobirthing. And I know it works very, very well for many, many women. But for myself, I know I had, I had very deep-rooted fears. And when I tried hypnobirthing, it simply wasn't touching the sides. It really didn't do it for me. And this is what Lisa says as well. She says that hypnobirthing really wasn't helping her, and in fact, it annoyed her. Um, but what she really appreciated about Fearless Birthing was it really tackled some of her fears head on and allowed her to embrace them. So I'm not going to sort of go too much into that right now. I have got a podcast episode coming up about fearless birthing where I'm going to dive down deep and talk more about that. So if you're interested, then you just stay tuned and I'll be sharing a lot more about fearless birthing. And if you want to sign up for my Fearless Birthing three part video series that I'll be launching imminently once I get round to reshooting the videos that failed first time round. Then get your name on the list on the waiting list to get those videos ASAP. And there'll be links to all this within the podcast show notes for today's episode, which you'll be able to find at fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash fearless Lisa. That's L I S A, fearless Lisa. And so you'll be able to get links for everything that we mentioned today on the podcast, because Lisa does share a bunch of really great stuff that she used that helped her during her pregnancy as well. So without further ado, this is the time that I spoke to Lisa all about her wonderful positive birth experience and how she cleared her birthing fears using fearless birthing. I hope you enjoy it. Well, thank you, Lisa, so much for joining me on the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. I can't wait to hear your story. So you've come here to share your positive birth story. But um, before we kick off and talk all about that, would you mind just telling everybody a little bit about who Lisa is and, and what, what Lisa's into? And-
2: sure. I'm, I'm Lisa, obviously. Um, I met, uh, met you, obviously, through my interest in personal development. So I've done a bit of training in um, coaching and NLP and, and reflectively perhaps thought field therapy. Um, some of which I use in my job as a careers advisor. I work in a college where I do a bit of coaching um, and employability training with young people. And a lot of a lot of the training I've done is so useful in in working with with the young people that, that I do to get them ready for jobs or um, interviews and things like that. Um, obviously, I've, I'm not working at the moment. I stopped work. And in January to have my son, who's now seven months old. <laughs> um, yeah, before before I lost all my free time. <laughs> Just trying to think what I used to do. I, I used to really enjoy travel, culture, eating out, meeting new people. Mm. Um, and yeah, I married my husband uh, about four um my husband uh, a year ago we've been together four years okay. and we, we met through swimming.
1: So. Ah. I'm gonna just first start off by asking you, what was what was it like when you first found out that you were pregnant?
2: It was a massive, massive and very positive uh, shock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um
2: basically, like I said, we got married, it was just over a year ago now actually. Um came back from honeymoon. Um, you know, we decided we were at a point we were ready to be trying and and to always have a lovely six months of, of just seeing how things go and um, and I took a pregnancy test the day that we flew home from our honeymoon and <laughs>
0: <laughs> there
2: we were I'm going to be free very shortly so um, wow. it was quite a surprise I just I sort of had it in my head that it might take quite a bit longer than that because right. I'd seen a few friends struggle and. Um, so I just thought, oh, it's, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, so I've got to be patient. So it, it really felt like a, a shock, but a, a really, really positive one, like a gift. So,
1: so when you got over that, I mean, I, I sort of having a shock at the beginning of my—that's that, very much how I felt about it. How did it take? How long did it take you to kind of sort of calm down after the shock, or sort of kind of get over it, and kind of think, "Oh crap, I'm pregnant," kind of thing? Um, I'd say it
2: was probably a couple of weeks where it nothing felt real you know i I can't be i can't be it's just too you know it's not possible so quick how is that possible Mm. um but then i suppose within a couple of weeks it started to sink in you know i was starting to do things differently i wasn't you know suddenly i wasn't drinking alcohol you know i love a glass of wine on a friday night or or um and suddenly it was like no i can't do that um and it i think what what also made it a lot more real very quickly was we were in a one-bedroom flat in South London, and it was like, well, we can't stay here, so we we very quickly activated a house search um, because we knew we had to, you know, be somewhere bigger quite soon. So I guess that those things, things like that, helped us set in, yeah. you know, sooner than someone who isn't in that situation, if that makes yeah. sense. So I'm
1: thinking now you're pregnant and you're now looking at houses, and so you've got the whole moving thing going on did did you find a property and were you was that all kicking off while you were pregnant then?
2: Um, It was indeed we did a search I think it wasn't even just that we had to find a house in an area we knew we didn't even know where we wanted to move to because we were going to take this lovely six months of trying and
0: (laughs) areas you know it was
2: all maps (laughs) Um, everything now is more like okay we've got you know, a month or two to, to, to find which area we want to be in, and then which houses, um, what kind of house we're looking for in that area. Um, and we did find something. I f- I'd fallen pregnant at, towards the end of June, and we found something that we were supposed to move into in October, the end of October last year, but unfortunately, it fell through. It. Which you weren't. <laughs> no. <laughs> So um, that didn't work out, unfortunately, but we proceeded with the sale of our flat and rented. Right. So that's move number one. Oh. Um, we did manage to find something um, literally towards Christmas time of last year, which meant we made our second move after short-term renting um, into our now house five weeks before I
1: had my son. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the backdrop for your pregnancy, basically this kind of crazy stress of moving, looking for somewhere to live, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah,
2: too big. Yeah, with a that was quite interesting. So, how was your so...
1: pregnancy then, in terms of? I mean, I imagine did that distract you from what was going on in terms of your body and all that kind of stuff, or would you? Did you able were you able to connect to your pregnancy and and and, and I don't know, feel the changes that was all going on through the trimesters? Um,
2: I, I think I did. Um, I definitely sort of, you know, noticed different things, different sensations, and, and differences to non-pregnancy and how things are developing. But looking back, I probably didn't spend half as much time preparing. Um, not until the end, anyway, the last sort of month, I'd say, month or two. Um, I just didn't spend enough time connecting, preparing, you know, getting in touch with with the bump. Yeah. Um. Because I suppose, like you say, I was quite distracted, um, looking at houses, packing boxes yes. twice. And, um, you know, um, it was only really at the end, I think, I got to really enjoy that kind of, oh, I'm pregnant, there's, you know, here's my bump, mm. and, like, you know, that nesting period of getting everything ready, that was lovely once we are actually in the I house. Bet. But I guess, had we not have, um, moved twice, I probably could have done all that a bit sooner. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah,
1: so,
2: yeah, I got to enjoy... Mm. I'd say a good chunk
1: of it, but, but yeah, it was. How did you feel about your impact? Like, you know, that sounds like you had a nice pregnancy. That your symptoms weren't too. There Did you get any symptoms? Did you have anything um, that was trouble troublesome during your pregnancy? Nothing
2: too bad. There, there was two things really. Um, earlier in the pregnancy, I was sick between I think weeks seven and twelve, and that that was. <laughs> interesting. But that passed, which, which is great, you know, I felt quite normal and, and fine then. And then t- towards Christmas of the pregnancy, where I was a lot further gone, I did have some back pain in my low, lower back, mm. um, which was actually fixed quite quickly by an osteopath slash magician. <laughs> um, so yeah, nothing, nothing too impactful or, or mm. sort of nothing that spoilt my pregnancy mm. at all.
1: And how are you feeling about your pregnancy and, and and bump growing and 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 I suppose you know becoming a mum and and having childbirth to look forward to and, and and all that kind of stuff. How are you feeling about all that during your pregnancy?
2: I'd say it's just such a massive mix of things. You know, I was excited. Sometimes it proceeded to feel quite surreal. God, is that really happening? Um, is it? Am I really doing this? You know, am I honestly having a baby? <laughs> and um, like so I'd say. Knowing I had childbirth to go through was sometimes overshadowed things for me. Not not always. I did enjoy mm. things, but sometimes just thinking I have to get through that yeah. as the, the panic and the fear of it, like almost phobic at some really? points. That yeah, I'd, I'd say it was almost like you know some people fear spiders and snakes. I think mine might have been child.
1: <laughs> so tell me a little bit more yeah. about that. What kind of what was that like for you? This fear of childbirth. I
2: I think it it just felt like something, how on earth am I going to get through this? You know, I'm going to be completely out of control and exposed, and it's going to be, you know, people describe it so negatively so often, so I was sort of like, how am I going to do it? I just, it's almost like I saw my due date, and I thought, how am I possibly getting past that? You know, it it was almost hard to look past my due date and imagine life beyond it, because it felt like such a a Mount Everest Mm. to have to go through. Um, so so I'd say sometimes it did block off imagining the future because I I, I would just think up to that date and think how am I getting past that actual experience of bringing you know this baby here when I've got to actually endure you know all of this thing that people say is terrible and painful and just you know nothing there's no pain like it kind of thing so so sometimes that did sort of over overtake my thoughts a bit um I'd say up until the last of couple of months so Mm.
1: so what did you do then to help you with this fear of childbirth um so i tried a few different
2: things i thought if i try loads of things that i've got covered from every angle
1: (laughs) share your tools and tips (laughs)
2: um so i did i I did simple things like i'd listen to meditations on youtube um, or meditation cds um that weren't always specific to childbirth, they were just simple meditations. And that was something by the end I was building into, you know, nearly every day just to just to relax mm. me really. Um I wanted my husband to get involved in something with me so he could get, you know, he could be equipped as well. So I actually took him along to some hypnobirthing sessions. Mm. We had um, a couple of those um when we maybe three months before I was t- due to to have my son. Um, and then uh, I had the lovely podcasts of Fearless <laughs> thing that you so kindly sent me and that were brilliant. So um, um, I, those are the main things that I was using. Oh, the little audience um, I
1: sent you? Yes. Okay. The audience, yeah. okay. And so how did, um, what What do you think helped, you know, what what was the thing that made the difference for you in terms of helping you move past your fear? I'd say... <sighs>
2: I'd say the meditation each day got me in a really relaxed, sort of present state, so I didn't keep dwelling on it, or think, it was almost like it kept it in the future, and I was just in the now, thinking oh, I've got this freedom for the last couple of weeks, so just enjoy it, and um, I think I think the podcasts um, created some real shifts for me, I mean, the hypnobirthing went so far and gave some nice exercises, but... There was something I couldn't move past very easily with it, which I think Fearless Birthing took... Mm.
1: Do you mean the audios I sent you, those audios? The audios,
2: yeah. yeah. Sort of gave me a nice... It, the perspective that works better for me, okay. to be honest. So with Hypnobirthing, I, I don't know if you've practised any or if um, you know, you've know you experienced much of it, but it's it's all about... It's not pain, it's discomfort, and... Um, you know imagine taking petals off a flower and it's it's all about almost denying that there's pain um, and just calling it other things like discomfort and for some reason that just didn't work for me I sort of thought actually I've been told a lot of times it is painful and I don't want to pull the wool over my eyes here and sort of go in and think oh it's just going to be discomfort and then be Mm. you know in agony so I thought actually how about I embrace this pain and I start to look at it as something to love or something to really you know think as a positive mm-hmm. thing and I I get okay with that pain rather than trying to think oh it's not gonna be pain it's just just a little twinge or discomfort you know Um so I think the podcast starts to help me to yeah. do that to get a bit in love with the pain and embrace that and sort of think well, what does that represent and all these positive things yeah. it represents um, and a bit more neutrality with it rather than brushing under the carpet this concept
1: <laughs> of pain or calling it something else I, I, for some reason that just didn't work mm. so well So, do so just the benefit of the listeners when um, I was developing a lot of what I'm doing now I sent some of my early stuff to Lisa to try out and so Lisa's referring to some of these audios that are now part of my Fearless Birthing programme So yeah, so you're saying that some of this stuff really helped you to kind of embrace what you were feeling and really sort of be okay with it and when we talk about you use the word neutrality if if anybody listening is not sure what we mean by neutrality i've got a a blog post that explains what that is but it's basically where you're getting rid of any excess negative emotional energy around something there you're just okay with it and there's just no fear there you're just would that be how you described it when you you felt neutrality around the, the pain idea
2: yeah i think i think it was and i think um it was giving it a new representation like my husband. He used to kindly say to me, "Look, sweetheart, you're on a you're on a train, and you can't really get off it. So you've got to start to love this train ride and think you're going to see it through to the end because that is what's happening. So I suppose it was starting to love that train ride. <laughs> Take that analogy That's for, a great uh, analogy,
1: that one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, you're on a one-way train. <laughs> learn, to, you know, and sort of, yeah, just learn to love that train and what what you get when your journey. Mm ends I think I got more into the mode of thinking like that in those last weeks or month or so where I was sort of listening to these audios, you know, very frequently. Weird. Yeah, I listened to it quite a lot. I went into labor with one of the audios
1: <laughs> So I was there in your labour. <laughs> you were you were actually in the first sort of part of my labour. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> In my head, these are listened to before labour, not in labour. So this is interesting for me to hear.
2: I didn't know I was in labour.
1: Oh, didn't you? I, I did think
2: it was a pre-labour, okay.
1: but um, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so, so basically, you kind of made friends with pain. It's what it sounds like.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd say that was what happens. Mm. Um, you know, it's sort of, sort of a more of a, it's going to happen, and this is this is my gift at the end yeah. of it. So it's Best pain possible, um, and actually, it, everyone's. There's another pod, uh, is it audio or podcast that you've sent me about our perceptions of pain. Um, I think the main, one of the main messages being, if, you know, our attitude towards that pain can alter the level of pain that we yeah. experience. Um, so I think it was a bit of attitude shift towards the pain, and, and remembering that one person's perception is quite different to another. So it may not be that bad, you know, for me because I could experience pain very differently to the next person because my attitude is starting to shift towards pain. It might not be like someone who's just sat there saying, it's going to be awful, I'm going to hate it. And, you know, um, so so a bit of perception change was very powerful as well.
1: So how was... um I'm, yeah, I just. I'm. I'm, I'm want to know about the birth, I want to know, but I'm, I'm just going to stop myself a little bit. I just want to find out a little bit more about how things were in those last few weeks then. What were you doing? You've moved in, you were able to do a bit of nesting, um, mm-hmm. you talked a little bit about pre labor. Just tell us a little bit about maybe the... Yeah, I did, just first, tell me what your due date was, I'd love to know what your due date was, and, and then how... Whether or not, when arrived near the due date I mean, did you have the, the inductions Oh, sorry, I've got so many questions for you, I'll slow down <laughs> How was how those, those last few weeks then of your pregnancy? So, um,
2: Dylan was due on the 12th of March okay. um, and we moved into the property that we're now in on the 8th of February, okay. so which gave me just over five okay. weeks Okay, oh, that's not too
1: bad Okay, okay.
2: Um, So, In those last few weeks, I'd say the combination of getting unpacked, doing the nesting, getting his room ready, sewing curtains, and starting to really enjoy the thought of, my gosh, you know, I'm getting, you know, this baby, you know, very soon, and that's so exciting. Um, And I'd, like, particularly in, in the last three weeks, I'd say there was, I was just alternating between meditations, listening to the audio you sent me. Um, fearless birthing track I think it's it's maybe an hour mm. maybe even an hour just listening to that um and, and doing little meditations trying to just do very restful things for myself um a bit of yoga as well just just very nurturing things in those last few weeks because I thought I haven't nurtured myself enough up until now <laughs> because I've moved twice yeah. um so yeah it was it was a combination really of, of self-nurture doing all those relaxing things and getting into a nice state of mind for the, the birth a more embracing state of mind just getting ready for little man world world right.
1: so when did when did things start kicking off for you how did you know that labor was was um triggered or it started
2: <laughs> well it's it started um actually on my due date wow.
1: Um, I think that's about only 5% of babies are born on their due date. So this is like a very unusual occurrence. Once
2: again, I sort of talked myself into much like, oh, it's going to take at least at least six <laughs> yeah. months to sort of be able to get pregnant. And, you know, I, I've been like, I'm definitely going to be overdue because my husband was late. I was, I think, maybe nearly a week late. He was, his mum was induced with him. So I was like, there's no way he's going to be on time. And, you know, I just... I'd sort of talked myself into having a few more weeks, yeah. thinking you know, most first babies are always late. Um, so <laughs> um, I had an appointment with my midwife on my due date, which is quite standard practice um, in our surgery. And she just said to me, I sense, you know, she she was going to give me a sweep. Um, I'm sure you've probably heard of yeah a delightful process um, but she said I, I just sense that things aren't far off for you so if, unless you desperately want one then I just wouldn't and I just you know would leave things as, as are so um, we sort of went off for a little shop and, and had a walk and we, we we're just going to go and think about whether we wanted this done or not myself and my husband um, and as we were we'd gone to one particular shop to buy dinner and as we are in there I just started to get some twingers like ooh um, and I just wasn't sure um, but I'd rang I then came home and just did a bit more relaxation um, had your podcast on <laughs> um, and we rang the hospital um, I think maybe I, I can't remember exactly whether it was whether I'd maybe stopped for a break of the podcast I, I can't remember exactly how it happened but we'd rang the hospital and they said because I'd sounded that relaxed and that able to converse they said oh it's either Braxton Hicks or um, your body's just getting ready for a labour and it's just practising contracting, but but you're not in labour. And they said that to me based on me sounding actually quite relaxed and able to reverse with them. Um, and that was probably, I don't know, maybe seven in the evening we'd got home because um, I'd been twinging like that for a couple of hours. Um, but the evening carried on and I just kept having these contractions. I think I've managed to kick again I, I, I was listening to your podcast and that um, so it was so relaxing <laughs> <laughs> but I woke up to still having these sort of quite regular twinges so I got in the bath I think by now it's sort of 10 11 at night and my husband's like these aren't stopping so I'm going to start tracking you um blessed bless him he's done his homework ready for oh. you know take her in and and all Don't of this that. and he goes you seem fine but you're having three every 10 minutes and that according to my guidance is when I'm taking you in the car so um he just whisked me off to the hospital and it just sort of kicked off from there really I, I've been very sort of calm and not really believing I was in labour and, and not really being believed by hospital <laughs> staff labour um, until we actually arrived there and I was then being um examined so it's sort of all really took off and and became more um you know the real mccoy there so
1: and how was that i mean you know how did your did your contractions maintain their regularity in the car journey and on the way to the hospital did they slow down a bit
2: um no they they, they were really quite consistent Mm. i'd say the whole evening long and um, and looking back I, I was in labour and in very early stages of labour since I was in that shop yeah. where I was like no and, and all the way through that phone call where they were saying oh no you're not you know, um, and then when we got to the hospital I, I was in very early labour I was three centimetres okay. dilated um, at which point they were saying oh it's probably best for you to go home because this could go on for hours and hours and hours and you're more comfortable at home um, but both myself and my husband just didn't feel right about leaving the hospital. we just had a bit of a hinge um, that it just wasn't the right thing to do. So they persuaded us into going out for quite a long walk. Mm. But 50 minutes or just under an hour later, I was sort of telling my husband that I sort of had immense feelings of <laughs> pressure wanting to... To start, <laughs> to <give laughs> lots of detail, um, and he was like, "We need to step back into the hospital." Um, and lo and behold, at that point, only an hour after my first examination, I was actually at ten. Oh 10 my goodness! Elation. I mean, I had noticed that things had cranked up a notch, but I'd just been literally circling the car park, and <laughs> um, so I had not noticed just how. Wow. much um, So yeah, on, on the second examination, they're like, "Look." you know everything's pretty much bypassed the delivery rooms over there off we go <laughs> so, so yeah it's
1: the quickest established
2: labor Goodness. Um, yeah.
1: so um so then I, I would imagine what like within that half an hour or something it all started it all little one was there was he did you well
2: i think it was a further Forty-five minutes, an hour, no more than an hour, definitely. Then he was in my arms. Wow. Yeah. So that
1: moment when I mean, you know, the the t- tell us about the sort of that 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 final, the final push, as it were, the final stretch. How did? I don't mean to use those kind of words, but you know, <laughs> no,
0: but <that's>, they quite, <laughs> quite they do
1: fit, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just
2: I just found it. I mean, it. You know, I was definitely aware it's happening. It wasn't. You know, like being tickled. Let's be <laughs> no. real, but it. It, it wasn't this awful Awful thing that I'd earlier imagined In my pregnancy at all It, it was quite manageable like, that, that, That's not to say it didn't hurt That's But it was I think the mindset just made it so manageable And it was like It was quite a privilege to go through it At the risk of sounding naff It was quite an honour to, to go through it Just knowing where it was leading All the time and then that final moment You know where he came out It was just you know, it's just so many mixed emotions all at the same time. Like pure, you know, exhilaration. Yeah, I felt quite elated. I was like, oh "My gosh, is it? Is that really just happened so fast?" And you know, a bit of shock. Um, you know, just it was so much going on all at once. But I, I just remember just feeling so elated, it's sort of buzzing yeah, oh. just, yeah, and just, "Gosh, he's here and he's safe," yeah. and you know, just glad. And but you know. Just, I felt like I climbed a mountain yeah. of something I was so fine doing, and, and it just happened so naturally and quickly. And you know, it was almost like I dreamt it that it had gone that smoothly. Mm. Mm. I'd escaped stitches as well, wow. which I was absolutely so doing.
1: it was totally natural no drugs, no gas and air. No, there was, there was, there gas, was a bit and of gas and air, air. okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. the uh, the midwife, um, because I'd sort of gone from you know, dilations of 3 to 10 centimetres so fast, she um, she sort of thought the gas air would help to, to give me a bit of Dutch courage, <laughs> she called it. Because it went from, oh, I'm in labour and I've got hours to I've got to go and do this right now. So she, she thought it would give me a bit of a, a boost. Yeah. And actually, I, I did love gas did air. <laughs> I just, oh,
1: I love it. I, <laughs> so yeah. while you're going through I mean it all sound like it all sort of took off very very quickly towards the end were you kind of what were you were you doing anything like I don't know in your head saying stuff to yourself or were you what kind of I don't know yeah what what were you doing uh, obviously laboring but you know <laughs> I, I don't know like were you saying did you have kind of um stuff that you're listening to music or were you saying mantras or were you doing breathing I don't know like anything like that that you might have learned maybe in your hypnobirthing courses or what were you kind of doing were you just kind of so connected to your body that none of that was happening at all
2: I think because of the speed of it we barely opened the hospital bags which does have all of these things like I had some some nice mantras and um, you know almost fearless birthing sort of feel to mm-hmm. them um, with you know this pain represents an amazing sort of you know love this pain because it represents meeting yourself, you know, all these lovely sort of notes to myself with pictures of my friend's kids who I've got a lovely relationship with, and, you know, I had all these things ready to look at, and um, I had some downloads on my iTunes um, and, and all of this, but there was just no time to even open all of yeah. that. Um, sort of looking back to that hour around the car park was, um, it's a bit of a blur, but I think, I think it was just me wanting to move all the time and, and just sort of yeah, I think maybe I was just telling telling myself whenever I sort of had a moment to gather myself, just, you know, it's okay. And um I think yeah, just my husband was so incredibly calm, he was giving me little reminders that I'd asked him to oh. do as well. Um but it just it just went by by so fast it's quite hard to sort of remember exact yeah. you know, exactly what I was doing yeah. and you yeah. do kind of lose
1: track, don't you? That... anything yeah i I know you just go into this kind of bubble of this birthing bubble and and yeah time doesn't mean anything and yeah you wouldn't so I, i do understand that but i you know a lot of women i speak to do say oh you know i was kind of doing this and that so i'm just curious as whether you're actively kind of doing anything or other than laboring obviously um but yeah no okay so that sounds that's that's amazing so basically it sounds like it was intense it you know it was manageable went really quick you felt amazing after so what about the the bit soon after birth skin to skin breastfeeding how did all that kind of stuff go
2: so the skin skin was lovely that that happened straight away um one thing the midwife picks up on straight away is that um, dylan had a tongue tie i i'd never heard of it i don't know if you have one. Yeah, no, my second have, one
1: had that and I'd never heard of it either, where their tongue is can't breastfeed properly, can Because it? 'Cause it can't reach out yeah,
2: too far. Unfortunately not. And and his was quite significant. So she did actually say you may have some trouble with breastfeeding mm. and, and off for now. So the breastfeeding sort of stuff didn't kick in until the next morning. He was born at two twenty in the morning and it didn't really kick in until later, right. you know, in the daytime. Um, where we managed one latch, but from then on, it was just too troublesome for him to really feed. Um, so we we ended up having to stay in the hospital a couple of extra days to try and sort it out. Um, but really, it was me expressing yeah. um, and and feeding him by a bottle because because the latch was just too too difficult yeah. to, to establish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: um, I you know, I'm care. just wondering how how he. Given that there's such a lovely birth that he had, I'm just curious to know how, how he is. You know, did he, in terms of um, his, his demeanour, I guess, and, and is, his, is he calm? Does he cry a lot? Did he sleep well? That kind of thing, really.
2: Hmm. Well, at the beginning, um, when he, we were really trying very hard when we got home to keep, keep up with this breastfeeding attempts, um, and the health visitor came around and recommended cranial osteopathy. Yeah. Because um, she said it can sometimes help um, with breastfeeding, and also as it's been a quick birth for him, maybe it would, you know, if, if he had sort of gone through any trauma or shock, it might calm him down. But actually, when we took him to the cranial osteopath um, locally, she was like, He's just per He's like, the- She just said, There's nothing to treat. He's just such a, he's in such good conditions and <laughs> shape. Um, you know, he's everything's just operating perfectly and it wouldn't be right to take your money so even though we weren't managing to feed him in the way that I'd really hoped to it was so reassuring to hear that actually everything for him was you know well and he was in a, a brilliant sort of form after that and then um, and, and the breastfeeding wasn't not breastfeeding rather wasn't changing that and I'd say his temperament is just quite joyful moment, you know, apart from when he's hungry or it's bedtime and he doesn't always want to go to sleep because he hates missing out he loves people yeah. so bed to him is, is a killjoy time <laughs> um but yeah his temperament is very sort of smiley very happy quite content little boy really um you know he's got energy he's, he's seven months he's been trying to crawl for the last three weeks he's very close he's a typical physical boy just like his dad, he was apparently, and I think because he's a boy with lots of energy, he still gets a bit hungry at night time, oh, awesome. so it's not going through. But, um, you know, he, he's not a wake up by the hour kind of a baby. Yeah. We've you know, we've got it okay, I'd oh, say. And, yeah. um, but yeah, he's, he's just been a delight. He's got a lovely, smiley demeanor, and, and people just seem to take to him. I think because he loves people so much, he'll give them a smile, and he just charms hands off everyone <laughs> um they are, yeah, they're we often,
1: adorable aren't they <laughs>
2: yeah we often say we're very lucky because mm. he is a happy mm. soul so mm. yeah
1: well it's been absolutely amazing listening to your story and I'm just wondering now you know if there's for a pregnant mum listening to this now is, what, what would you sort of say to her if you could sort of share you know what would you have done differently if you if you could do that again and you could maybe have improved i mean it sounds like it it, it, there's nothing there to improve but if you could have done something differently what would you say to somebody else who's maybe got a bit more time to plan or to do something in their pregnancy to help them have a a positive experience and get rid of their fear
2: i'd say don't move twice
1: (laughs) (laughs) top tip (laughs) um
2: i just say take as much time as you possibly can to nurture yourself and and really really look into things that can happen because Um, My last month or so of of, of pregnancy really wasn't as fearful as as the months that had gone before that because I was taking measures like listening to your lovely podcasts and and doing little bits of meditation or pregnancy yoga. I say just take as much time as possible to nurture yourself and do invest into those things, take that time for yourself because it really does make a difference. Um, And just changing your perception through things like fearless birthing um, meditation, whatever it is that works, and for each individual person, you know, it, it really does make a difference to the perception of that pain. And I'd also say try and seek out positive birth stories as well, because I think the one thing going on sometimes out there is people will more commonly share a negative birth story than a positive one. You know, if it just went fine, then maybe you don't hear about it very much. Whereas, you know, people often share their negative experiences which really adds the fear so there's actually a website called tell me a positive birth story and i found it so great to just go on there and and you know just read a couple of this was lovely and this was lovely and this was fine and so just see you know try and surround yourself with people who'll tell you good you know their positive stories or you know seek out stories that are Positive than because you know there are a lot of them out there. There I are
1: think. and don't watch One one Every Minute. <laughs> I I actually was
2: banned from watching. I didn't want to watch it anywhere. Refused to watch it. My husband's like, please don't get anywhere near that, or at least until you've had had our yeah. So um yeah, that was off off
1: off, off, limits, off. limits. Yeah, and for yes. those listening, I have I have got a campaign. I've got a petition at the moment that that the people that behind channel for behind one one every minute should sort of stop doing things like this and portray childbirth in a more balanced way rather than all this negativity and all this scaremongering that shows like one one every minute do so i'll put a link to the petition in the show notes as well for today's podcast because i truly believe that pregnant women shouldn't be allowed anywhere near that show (laughs) <laughs> no, and and not if they want more children no, no exactly exactly and and that's 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 the tragedy in all this is that you know a fearful experience can lead to such difficulties in birth and then you know some mums then decide not to have any more after that or they they ha- they have that experience to with them forever and that, that's that's the real tragedy here so it's yeah, brilliant that you brilliant. you know that you're able to sort of do stuff to get rid of your fear and, and that you had an amazing amazing birth amazing birth experience by the sounds yeah, of it yeah. you're really really lucky amazing well yeah. done Well, thank you, Lisa, for coming on and sharing your story. I'm sure there's been lots there for other mums to be to listen to and get inspired by. So thanks for sharing your story with me today. It's been fabulous. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Lisa and her. Tale of using fearless birthing to help her to prepare for her wonderful, wonderful birth, now, as I mentioned earlier on, you can find out more about fearless birthing on next week 's podcast i 'm going to be diving down deep and talking a lot more about it and in fact, after our chat, Lisa and I carried on talking about a little bit more about how exactly it worked for her and why you know what, what it was that was working really well for her and really really helped her so i 'm going to include some of that. In the podcast for next week, so you can hear her talking a lot more about it. I think you'll find it really, really useful, especially if you're somebody that is really fearful of birth. You know, there is there are different levels of fear when it comes to birth. There's sort of the fear that arises from just not knowing much about the birth process, which those fears are easily allayed just by educating yourself. But other fears are just so deep-rooted that no matter how much education you do, you still are absolutely terrified. So it's People like that, if if that's you, then this is going to be really, really helpful for you to help you to clear your fears. If you want to find out more about fearless birthing, then you can sign up to find out the get the three free part video series that I'll be launching very soon. So the link for that is at fearfreechildbirth.com. forward slash fearless lisa where you'll find the show notes for today's episode as well as links to all the things that lisa shared during our chat so if you want to find out anything more about today's chat then it's forward slash fearless lisa i hope you've enjoyed the show today and i'll see you next
0: time bye for now thank you for tuning in you've just been listening to alexia leachman from the fear-free childbirth podcast If you enjoyed the show, she'd really love it if you left a review on iTunes or Stitcher or shared it with a friend. And don't forget, to get a free chapter from her book, head over to fearfreechildbirth.com to get your copy, as well as finding other episodes in this podcast and more about how Alexia can help you with pregnancy and birth preparation coaching. Until next time.